it was everything uh, I did, I did for her, but now she's gone and I'm still here. And like, that was the first time since that happened with my grandmother that I felt like I actually heard my words back to me. Like that was something that I felt that I felt like I never like could articulate before. There's no doubt that you can live your passion and be economically stable. In this day and age, we all have the power to shape our own life. The only thing in question is how you get there. Nobody Comes Here to Hide shares the stories of thriving Black creatives living their passion. By listening to their journeys, you can envision your own. Their stories showcase the many ways to achieve one's dreams because your journey to success is rarely what you'd imagine. Today I have with me Tariq Harris. How are you doing? Uh, I'm okay. How are you doing? I'm pretty good, considering <laughs> everything that's going on. Right. That's why I just kind of preface it with okay. <laughs> yeah. So can you give a little bit of like background as to like what you're up to now? Um, uh, sure. Like right now I'm kind of wrapping up my like last couple classes so I could graduate college. But um, you know, in terms of just like the channel beginning of this month I put out the uh Penny Prow unplugged video mm-hmm. or well, it's not even this month anymore because it's, it's May now but I, I put that out and that took a lot to even produce from I think me and Bruce recorded in like maybe October November like we recorded a long time ago around that time I was kind of I was working with like Skillshare and I did like Brandy and Mr. Whiskers video. I had a whole bunch of stuff that I had planned and I kind of wanted to uh, put that out at the right time. So mm-hmm. when all of this happened, it kind of just put me in a space where I'm like, okay, I have this video written and put it all together and then put it out. It's the longest thing I've ever made. But since then, I kind of just mapped out the other things that I wanted to do and videos that I had planned. A lot of them collaborations that's definitely what's next and tons of other stuff and that's really the only thing I've kind of like indulged myself in like I guess professionally or creatively uh-huh. uh I don't know it's, it's, it's been tough but I've been trying to power through it yeah and I guess also to back up you have a YouTube channel <laughs> yeah uh, it's called Tunerific Tree and what would you say is like if you were to just give like a tagline of like what your channel's about. It's like this really cool like thing that I wrote in like the channel description, but like I don't think if I said it out loud it would sound as cool. But really <laughs> it's just kind of the function of the channel for me has always been um when I grew up and like where I grew up, I would always get uh I don't know, I always like really like cartoons and I never hid that aspect of my personality, but like mm-hmm. I kind of would get picked on or I'll be seen as different because I didn't like the things that the other kids like and there wasn't really anywhere I could go to to see somebody like me and make me feel validated and when I got older I realized that there's a lot of people that grew up that exact same way so I always kind of saw the function of the channel as a space to um, make all of those like kids that felt that way feel normal like all of those 
like black kids that grew up loving like anime and cartoons and like mm-hmm. can like list every Disney movie in a row, like make all of them feel like they belong and that they're not strange and that they should embrace that part of their personality. Yeah, I think that's a really um, valid desire and like definitely a need to be met. Um, so it's really cool that you did that. You have like a video that's on your homepage uh, that gives like a little bit of a summary of why you started the channel. And there's one thing that you said that really stood out to me. You were talking about how you had all of these, maybe we can call them like streams of like creativity. Mm-hmm. And you said that you had been letting them all speak individually, but now you wanted to like merge them and have all of those different aspects of your personality come through in like all of the spaces all of your like online yeah. presences. Um, I'm really interested in what prompted that merge. Really it kind of, I guess a lot of it maybe has to do with like going to college and like meeting people that uh, I guess like have no familiarity with you at all. And when you do that, you kind of just have to figure out like, okay, who am I going to be here? Mm-hmm. And, you know, like my only response to that was to, I don't know if I met somebody with like a De La Soul shirt, I was like, okay, this is who I'm going to talk to about hip hop. And then if like a cartoon comes up in conversation, I like start talking about that. And then they say, oh, okay, you really into that. But then yeah. eventually that just kind of became like a hassle to just kind of pick apart who hears what and who gets what part of you. In actuality, the things that you like make you who you are and that collaborative effort of like creating the person that you are like all of those things like make you who you are so when I sat back and looked at the channel and watched like the older videos that I did I just kind of saw me trying to be everything that I saw I saw me trying to be uh animate I saw me trying to be the nostalgia critic but I didn't see me trying to be myself there was so many different things that I like grew up watching every day that I could have referenced in those videos but people don't reference like people don't reference Chris Brown dying in Stomp the Yard when talking about cartoons like that's just something that just people don't (laughs) do you know what I mean like that's just like that's not normal but that's something that I would say in a casual conversation and I realized like look if I'm gonna do this and if people really like these videos and they make them laugh, I don't want them to laugh at me putting on a mask. I don't want this to be just like a disembodied like person or like a character that I'm creating. I want this mm-hmm. to be who I am. This is how I feel about these shows. And this is what I enjoy. You should just yeah. let all of that breathe. And it's way less stressful when you do that. Wow. Very interesting. Do you pay any attention to like personal branding from a business perspective? Or was this all just kind of you wanted to just be your authentic self in this project that you were giving time to? Um, and I'm, I'm terrible at like, like, like even the slightest bit of I'm, I wouldn't say I'm terrible. But like, a lot of this stuff really did happen by accident. First couple not even first couple, the first years that I was doing, I was doing these videos. I didn't like draw myself. My profile picture was just a picture of me, but that's just cause like, it was like my normal Gmail account. And like, Mm -hmm. 
all of these things, I didn't really like take into account branding as much as like um, the average one of my peers did. You'll see like, you know, like a lot of t-shirt designs and like a, a certain aesthetic that they uh, planned out and strategically mapped out with like mad Google Docs. And I didn't really, I didn't do any of that. (laughs) One day I was kind of said, all right, I'm kind of tired of just like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right. So I have to like make this look presentable. So that's just kind of what it was for a lot of stuff. Like the first time I think I drew myself might've been like how to black. And that was only because because notice the only time I draw myself in that video was because Review Your Life, uh, Dove was there and we had that whole like conversation thing. But if he wasn't there, I don't think I probably would have ended up drawing myself. But then after I did that, I was like, oh, okay, this is this could be a way where I could kind of merge my art with these things and like make it even more myself. Yeah, that makes sense. So you are an animator or you animate generally uh yeah i would say that did that start before or after or at the same time as the youtube channel when i was a kid i always like knew i wanted to make cartoons and i would always like draw and everything like that and i think i kind of started to teach myself how to animate and stuff me like middle school mm-hmm. or like yeah around middle school or something like that but like the first animated project that I did, the Power K series that we did throughout high school, it was mm-hmm. the exact same time as the channel. So, like, it was there when I started the channel. And then the next March was the first Power K episode. And, like, I kind of did it back and forth, mainly focusing on Power K because that's the thing that I really, really believed in and really liked at the time. Yeah. The videos were kind of just like a hobby they were just kind of something that I did for fun I didn't really like think I was really reaching that many people or like even have the the mission to like give representation just because I didn't know like the power of any of that stuff yet it was just kind of like oh, I'm just gonna talk about these cartoons and make fun of them a little bit and maybe I'll get noticed by some of these people that I watch or something like that I kind of like started taking both seriously around the same time. Oh, okay. I didn't realize the power of K was that old. I watched some of the episodes and I think it's so funny. (laughs) Oh, thank you. It's ironic because like I had just watched an episode this morning for the first time in like maybe two years. Mm -hmm. Uh, How does it hold up? Honestly, it was it was pretty fun. I watched one of the like mid tier ones, the one where Kiki and her sister get expelled from school. And I remember the first time I remember when we the day we wrote that episode, me and my friend Elijah, we like meet up at my house and we'll go, okay, so we're going to do this story and then we'll just like map out an outline. And I remember before the outlines would just kind of be like plot points. But I remember specifically that episode was like outlines are going to be like every plot point comes with a joke and I remember that was like something we really prided ourselves on for that one when I just kind of kind of like clicked on it out of curiosity I'm like am I gonna laugh at this and like some parts made me go uh I should have fixed that but like other parts like I genuinely like did laugh like we did that at like uh what year was that it was like 2013 when we um did the first one and 
the last one was 2016. It's definitely silly. It makes actually a lot of sense to me that it was made by high schoolers, like knowing that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There was, I watched the juxtaposition one. um, Yeah. And I just really appreciated the like, having like a little joke and then kind of the like stillness almost breaking the fourth wall and being like we're just waiting for you the audience to like realize what we just did (laughs) that one is so weird because we were going to graduate and we kind of looked at each other and said okay show has kind of been like important around this area like this area of our town and like our school for like so long so let's kind of go out and leave on like a really high note and we kind of didn't know if we were gonna like continue after school we did like this really big premiere we like played it like in the auditorium and like my family came and like yeah and we got like so the principal was really supportive um not only because he thought it was cool but because the new superintendent really really liked the cartoon so like that was really important so like he asked me for like some episodes on a flash drive one time and he just like played them on the TV, like in the middle of the school, like during the day one time. And then like one of the kids like went to him and was like, yo, they're cursing. And I was like, oh boy. <laughs> so then he kind of told me, he like, all right, man, look, you can do the next one, but they can't curse. And I was like, okay, but I lied. I kind of got cold feet in certain aspects and like censored a little bit, but like, nah, man, like this, that episode is wild. (laughs) wild. There's a lot going on. Going all the way back. Is there Mm -hmm. one moment that you can remember is like, that's when you were like, whoa, this is what I need to be doing. When I was a kid, I was really, really obsessed with a goofy movie. And the scene at the end uh where like they finally like get on stage and dance with powerline and how like that entire movie builds up to that and then like that one shot where they're like with like max and powerline and goofy are all on the stage together like that was i remember seeing that and like it like blew my mind like i was like i i have to do this like i have to do something like this like i have to like have characters go on like a journey and learn from each other and then like it all comes together like at the end because I like I would like study that scene for like hours for like no apparent reason I didn't even know what I was looking for like I would like watch it over and over again and just kind of just look at it I wasn't like taking notes or anything I just remember that was like the first thing that really really like fascinated me to go like I gotta try to do something like this one day that's really interesting because Nicole Byer who is one of my favorite comedians, has a very similar relationship to the Goofy movie. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. It's a good movie. <laughs> it's a really good movie. I was listening to uh, a podcast, uh, Cartoons 101, and they were talking about how, and I, I, I completely agree with this, the Goofy movie, like, it's the only one that doesn't, like, follow a specific formula. Like, it's, like, really, really, like, complex if you like start to overthink it a little bit and like Uh why is like the goof troop movie that good it has has no reason to be that good but it is Hmm. so what feelings do you associate with animation both the practice of you animating and like animations that you're consuming 
as far as like me animating, I would be lying if I said that like I don't uh if it's not because that's my that's kind of like my problem. I feel like if I ever worked in animation, I would do I would be like a storyboard artist or something like that, not like a spe- not specifically an animator, just because like mm-hmm. while I do feel like I'm okay at animating, it just kind of like at a certain point I'll start huffing and puffing. I'll get really impatient for some reason and I don't know yeah. why. Animation is the first thing that a lot of us see. Um, the first thing that a lot of us remember. Mm-hmm. We kind of take it for granted when we get older and we kind of see it as kid stuff. There's comfort in knowing that no matter what happens, like nothing is ever going to happen to Bugs Bunny. Nothing is ever going to happen to Mickey Mouse. Like they're always going to be there, whether something happens to the voice actor or like anything like that or like the company, but those characters will like always exist Mm -hmm. and there really is like comfort in that especially in like a world and like in a time of like uncertainty and not knowing like who's going to be there and like who you can like run to it's always kind of there and I think that's the main feeling I associate with animation it just kind of makes me feel like it's always there and it's always going to be there yeah I think that's like tapping into something that maybe people don't think about explicitly but there is that that safety of like when we were kids and we had Mm -hmm. safety in these cartoons whereas like even if I don't know an anvil falls on somebody they're gonna be okay and yeah yeah I'd never really thought about the fact that they will always be there like they will always be okay oh that is really yeah as long as you find somebody that like knows how to draw them. There's like, there's never going to be like, there's never going to be a shortage of like Scooby-Doo adventures or something like that. If that's something that you really care about, like he'll be there. And even if you run out of movies to watch, watch them again and you'll look at them in a completely different context, having seen everything else. Like there's always different things to notice and point out. Since you love cartoons and animation so much, I wonder if you know about like the history of it like cartoons used to be more for adults and then after a certain point it transferred more towards children and then now clearly we're in like an adult cartoon renaissance. Uh, I'm really interested in your thoughts on this renaissance uh, for adult cartoons. Um, I think it's cool. I think it's cool that like we're finally like, not only is there, like, a plethora of different, like, adult animation, we're finally getting out of that, um, oh, if you want to make an adult cartoon, it has to be a comedy thing. Like, we're finally getting out of that. Like, granted, I love uh, adult animated comedies, but, like, we're finally getting out of, like, that being mandated. There's still things, like, primal that are being produced and stuff like that, or, like, things that do lean older, like the previous, like, Samurai Jack, season which ironically both things I just named are done by the same person I do think it's like really cool that like it's okay to watch cartoons now like just like how it was okay just how it like slowly became okay to like superheroes and like those people didn't have to like live in a bubble anymore like it's okay to watch cartoons now like that's that that like that's just great like that that really is like really great it must be really validating <laughs> for you. Yeah. Just been waiting for yeah, us to catch that's up. The, that's definitely it. That's funny. 
do you feel obligated to do you almost feel like because of your youtube channel you you kind of have to be a critic so you almost have to like watch everything in order to give your opinion no you know what i think that's kind of just created like some subconsciously in me like there's moments i'll like watch granted i i i try to limit my videos to talking about things that I like but like you'll get something like I watch as told by ginger and then I'll see an episode that like bothers me and then I just kind of yell about it the whole time like that stuff is that stuff is like it's fun to do especially when you care about the characters or whatever I don't know like that just kind of proved to me like you're always gonna be like this aren't you like you're all like that (laughs) this is like there's no turning back now like you're just kind of if something is like off or like goes wrong it's like it's gonna bother you for like a while <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i just watched i um have an unhealthy obsession with avatar which i don't think is a very original thought or feeling honestly <laughs> um but i was just watching this youtube video and this guy was like this is the single greatest flaw with avatar not cora because lord knows there's a lot there but with avatar and i was like (laughs) and then i just like listening to this guy talk about it i just realized that like why am i doing this (laughs) like why am i trying to find a flaw in this thing that is has in like a god level presence in my life yeah that's kind of i guess that's kind of like a really big part of it for me too it's just kind of like because that's the thing is like when you care about what it is I think that like really like brings that out of you. Like, mm-hmm. like you had to go and look for that because there's nothing wrong with this show. Right. This is on your 17th rewatch and we all know it. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like, I, like, it's like Roger Rabbit. Like I like seeing Roger Rabbit like 30 times because it's like my favorite movie. And then one day I just caught a mistake and it blew my mind. And I was like, oh my <laughs> God, wait, no. Why did I notice this? So... <laughs> I wish that I was better at segues, but instead, I just prefer to be upfront and say, I'm going to segue right now. That's okay. I'm not good at those either. I just, in my videos, I kind of just like play a song that people like and like edit clips and say like, that's my segue to me talking about something else. Yeah, maybe I'll do, maybe I'll, (laughs) I'm going to do a little humming situation and then I'll just uh, patch that in whenever there's awkward silence. That's per- it's like the Hannah Montana transitional music. I believe you. I don't remember. I believe <laughs> you. What is your favorite video of yours? And what is your favorite project of yours? It's crazy. You know what's crazy about this is that I don't think I've ever been asked this question. And it seems like such a normal question for somebody to ask me, but I don't think I've mm-hmm. ever been asked this. Okay, so my favorite video of mine might be the... I think it's still the the Little Lulu show video that I did in the summer. It was based on something that I really cared about. And, like, I was really proud of, like, all the research that I went into it. And, like, it's just, like, a joke a minute. It's just so funny, like, throughout. Like, I still, like, laugh at all of the little bits of it. I constantly say that I feel like the peak of creativity on my channel is the As Told by Ginger video. Like, that's the one where, like, it's formatted like no other video. Like... It started on like a dare and then I opened with that and then like I talk about the show, but not only do I talk about the show, but it was like the first time I did a show that like really 
force the narrative. So I had to make sure I hit all those beats. And it took a while to just build up the confidence to write just because I enjoyed the show so much. And then at the end, when I like stand back and look at it, it, it just feels out of everything that's on that channel, that's the one to me that feels the grandest and like the biggest in scope, which is hilarious because I just did an hour and 20 minutes worth <laughs> of Proud Family commentary. But for some reason, the As Told by Ginger video still kind of feels bigger than that. Projects. Um, the student film that I actually released, because I did two, the, the one that's on the channel, uh, Back to You, I feel like we went through a lot. We went through a lot to do that movie. Like there was, there was a lot. Like that something happened every day, and um, I feel like doing that movie um, kind of shaped how I tackled the channel from now on. Because anybody who's ever done anything, made a cartoon or done a movie, will tell you that making a movie or a cartoon is impossible. It is a miracle that anything ever gets done. And like to see, I don't know. Like I, 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 I constantly think about the animators that like do these shows and like spend time away from their families and put all this time into it and like their days into something that they really believe in. Just for some like weirdo in his room uh, with a snowball microphone to say that this is the worst thing in the history of anything ever. It's like yo. Calm down, son. Like, I put, like, a lot of time into this, you know what I mean? And, like, that's kind of just, like, what art is. And I kind of, doing that movie, like, taught me that. Even though, like, I didn't hear, there was, like, obviously you can't do anything without criticism. So there was, like, a lot of constructive criticism for Back to You. But a lot of things that I expected, like the audio, a lot of things that were out of our control. But at the same time, I got, like, comments of, like, people saying, like, I don't know, this joke didn't work. Maybe you should have tried something like this. And then they just type the most unfunny thing I've ever read in my life. And it's like, okay, there's a lot of like trusting your gut that you have to do here too. Cacao, now we're getting into, I'm making this up on the fly, if that's not incredibly apparent. (laughs) (laughs) Now I want to get into a lightning round of questions, but I don't necessarily want short answer. I just want the energy of lightning. All right. I guess that's not actually how that works. I'm going to call it something else. I'll, I'll do my best. I'll try to like spill out an answer as soon as I possibly can. <laughs> okay. Your favorite character of all time? Favorite character of all time is most likely Charlie Brown. Like Charlie Brown is like, I think he might be the most human cartoon character ever created. Like, because nobody, nobody encompasses like emotion like he does. He doesn't just like, harbor it in he like spills it out like his friends are like i don't know like playing hopscotch or something and like after like like right after he like tried to run and kick the football and he like falls over and like humiliates himself and then they just friends just like go about their business you know look like charlie brown like you okay like what's what's wrong with you he's like i'm sad like what are you like did you not just see that that happened to me like he like harbors in like everything that like happens to him and like I don't know, that reminds me of myself a lot. So, yeah, Charlie Brown. Wow, this is invisible to you and to whoever will listen to this, but my mouth was agape the entire time. As soon as you (laughs) said Charlie Brown, I was like, what? I love Charlie Brown. (laughs) I'm so glad that I asked that. 
Wow, wow, wow. Okay, perfect show characteristics. Like what would make the perfect like animated show, I guess? Yes, for you. I think the most perfect, because I actually do have an answer for what I think is the most perfect animated show, and I think it's BoJack Horseman. I think that's the most perfect animated show I've ever seen, just because it doesn't say like, oh, okay, we're going to tackle these issues that happen today. It does that sometime, but what comes first is character, and it puts the characters first. Emphasis on character and like really just a good focus on like style and look and music. People don't talk about the music in BoJack a lot, but it really is great. Cool. That completes the lightning round. Cacao. I'm gonna put that, <laughs> I'm gonna put that little uh, sound effect at the beginning and the end. Um, okay, I have one last question. Unless okay. you say something interesting, and then I have to ask a follow up. But <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> going back to sort of like your initial mission for making your channel, have you felt like you've created a community? After after How to Black, and then I realized like how influential the whole representation conversation was to people and how much it meant to them and how much they never thought about it. It got me thinking about people that looked like me that did these kind of videos as well. And so like one day in the summer, I kind of just like made it a mission to find as many of them as I possibly could. And I already knew uh, Dub. And then, um, yeah, I, I met through him, I met Man of a Thousand Thoughts. And like, I always knew about like Mars Reviews, like all these people that kind of do these kind of videos. And then um, one day I just kind of threw them all in like a Twitter chat. And then they all were like, what the hell are you doing? Have you ever heard of Discord? And I said, no. <laughs> and then they made me make Discord and then I made a server. And then like, we all kind of talk in there. And they're all just like, really like great guys. And like, I've I'm not I'm not going to say that I'm wholeheartedly responsible for it, but it feels nice to uh, bring together just like so many different creatives that like all enjoy the same thing and want to talk about the same kind of stuff. And when I bring them on my channel, it brings a lot of the people that like me over to them. And then when they watch them, like I'm not the if I stopped making videos tomorrow, mm -hmm. like there wouldn't be a space that that couldn't fill where I left off like there's there's and people know that now people know that all these different people exist and that they could go to them for these kind of conversations from people that look and sound like them you know what I mean it's like yeah it always helps to not feel like you're the only one whether it be in producing videos or just like really really liking cartoons like it always helps not to feel alone and I'm just happy that I could have played a part in people not feeling that way yeah, that's awesome. That's really beautiful sentiment. Thank you. I actually have another question that I forgot to ask okay. earlier. Why do you love Steven Universe so much? Mm, Steven Universe for me was okay. This is this might actually be like a long answer. I'm gonna yeah, try to like in. not make it too long, but like <laughs> Steven Universe for me represents a lot of things. Uh, the first thing I'll talk about is like Steven Universe came out of like the right time. I just got to high school. And I went to an art high school. So there was a bunch of people there who drew. And that's when that's when cartoons first started to become cool again because of Adventure Time. So then, like, 
everybody was watching. If they if they wasn't watching Steven Universe, they was watching regular show at least. You know what I mean? Like regular show was another one of the cool ones. So like it was kind of cool to like cartoons again. I just remember like I can remember like when specific episodes came out and I remember that like being like the height of like my happiness at certain points. I can say in twenty 15 the beginning of 2015 my grandmother passed away and that's not something that like people don't know about me like I talk about it uh in my uh Charlie Brown video but it was hard because my grandmother's the one that introduced me to animation and she's the one that introduced me to art and taught me how to draw and all of that stuff and it was really hard to just try to figure out how to keep going um after that and I still watch Steven Universe like while it was airing and me and my friend would come to my house at the school and like watch the episode whenever it came on. I think that's when like they were playing them around like five or some, something. It was some time frame where like they were playing the episodes after we got out of school and the episode Rosa Scabbard aired and that one, that's the one where Pearl like kind of has a fit because she finds out that uh, Rose hid something from her that she didn't know about. So she kind of like runs off and Steven goes to talk to her. And she said this line that like stuck with me. So it's been years, but it's, I feel like it's going to stick with me for the rest of my life. She said, um, this is everything I did, I did for her, but now she's gone and I'm still here. And like, that was the first time since that happened with my grandmother that I felt like I actually heard my words back to me. Like that was something that I felt that I felt like I never like could articulate before. And to me watching that and like hearing that come from like a character that I cared about at the time, it just kind of felt like the show understood me on a level that I felt like I didn't understand myself at the time. That one line, the dialogue is like, Hearing that is one of the most pivotal, pivotal moments like in my life for me. Yeah, just like I learned a lot about myself from watching that show. And there's only a few other shows that kind of do that for me. Like that's why like I hold it to such like high standards and I love it so much. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, no problem. I like talking about stuff like that. Your response is like the perfect personification of, I guess what you talked about a little bit in your uh how to black video like Mm -hmm. if these are the things that we're connecting with it's really important that you can also have like a physical or i guess aesthetic connection as well as a emotional connection yeah definitely like if there was like a character that like if I saw a character that like not only felt exactly like I do but like looked like me too as a kid that would have blew my mind like if Charlie Brown was black that would have blew my mind like I would have like felt so validated do you want to plug yourself yeah so tune Rafik Tariq on YouTube I have a Twitter it's my initials tsh678 Instagram my Instagram handle is tunes.reek, but the O's are zeros. I used to say that a lot. I used to say it a lot cooler. But I don't know. Once I started taking the videos more seriously, I kind of fell off of doing like really big art pieces and stuff. But like, oh. yeah, 
kind of serves as my portfolio. You can see a lot of the stuff that I do up there. Yeah, I guess that's pretty much it. And Tariq forgot to mention while we were recording, he has a podcast with his friends called Sketch the Rhyme that's available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Cool. Well, thank you so much for doing this episode. No, no problem. Thank you for having me. This is really cool. Cool. Hello. Welcome to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate that. I really appreciate you. I hope that you got something out of this. And if you learned something, if you laughed, if you even just like my energy, please rate, review, subscribe, and share this with your friends. That will really help for this podcast and this community to grow. That helps me get more guests. And it means I can give you more of this delicious content. Much love, Athena Sayaka.